Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello, everybody. I want to welcome you this week to our Matrixic discussion group here at Tactical Sovereignty. Um, we're going to have a really good call this week. Uh, this is going to be an issue that really should be number one for everybody. Uh, everybody knows that, you know, kind of my mantra is, you know, whenever you see a problem or you, you found something that's going on, you really have to go back to the very beginning. You have to go back to the source to see exactly how everything happened, and that's actually going to show you how to fix it as well. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about vaccines with our children, with our offspring, rather, as we should term them. Um, we should call them our offspring or our property because that's exactly what they are. And uh, we're also going to talk about birth certificates, uh, preferably the lack thereof. Um, Tonight I've got uh, Samantha from the group Sovereign Riddles is going to be here. Uh, she also has her own website addressing these issues, which she's going to share with everybody, information regarding. And I have uh, Jessica here as well. Uh, Jessica is somebody that um, has been very close to me for a long time. Uh, in fact, uh, those of you who know, know very much about me, um, probably recall me speaking of an accident that I was in a number of years ago, and uh, I was with Jessica at that time, and uh, she sacrificed a lot to help me out um, during those months and months following that. Uh, so I don't want anybody thinking I'm just bringing on, you know, two people I grabbed off the street or anything. These are people who definitely know what they're talking about, and the people I respect their opinion, I respect their research, and what they're doing and what they're showing others that they can do as well. Um, so uh, right now all the lines are muted except for Jessica and Samantha's. Uh, later on in the call, uh, hopefully not too much later here, I'll just unmute everybody uh, during a Q&A session. Uh, if you're on the talk shoe board, the uh, chat room should be open for everybody. You can talk there or bring up uh, any topics that you want discussed or something uh, during the call, you can just put it in there for us. And uh, when we skip over to the Q&A time, I uh, just ask that everybody be considerate, try not to step on each other, and uh, just come in uh, by saying, may I? And when you recognize, just let us know who you are and um, what your question or comment is. Pretty simple. Uh, but with that being said, um, I'm going to be bringing on um, Samantha and Jessica. And part of the fun of this, too, is that um, this is a call about the kids. So, yeah, we're going to hear kids in the background, you know. Uh, this is kind of a family situation or a family setting, if I may, you know. And we really need to realize, you know, like I say, when we go back to the heart of the matter and discussing, for instance, the birth certificate, 
And, you know, a lot of people, I hear them say, my birth certificate, I've got my original birth certificate, well, BS. You know. uh, number one, you're not going to have the original until you have it authenticated, and that's listed in 28 U.S.C. 1733. And secondly, it has nothing to do with you. It may have been created about the same time that you were born, but it has nothing to do with you. It's an organization that was created by the state. It's a... Uh, statutory creature, you know, for lack of a better term. And what we're told all through, you know, our life, don't use that for ID. You can't use that for ID. At Social Security, it says they never accept it as ID. But though, that is one of the things that can be used, for instance, when you go to get your driver's license. So, you know, everybody thinks, oh, that's just a quick and easy thing to use. Rather than maybe going the extra steps that it would take, to have a different form of ID made up or some of the other things on their form that they offer to you to be able to use uh, to get, like, the driver's license if someone chooses to do that. And so so often people want to identify themselves using that birth certificate or certificate of live birth. Uh, when we do that, we're identifying ourselves with that statutory creature. And that's something that was created by the state and so if we want to go and label ourselves as representing a statutory creature of the state, then guess whose rules we follow? You know, we, we've now pushed God out of the way, and we've put the state in that position. And we're going to follow their rules and regulations instead, because they're the ones that created that creature, and so it's the rules and regulations that monitor that creature as well. But we can get into that a little bit later on. Um, I've got Samantha and Jessica here with us. Uh, you want to say hello, ladies? Hello. Hello. Uh, I'm not really sure where you want to start out at. Um, I advertised this call regarding vaccines and the birth certificate. And, um, and I know Jessica had some issues with the birth certificate and stuff like that, I believe, when uh, she was having uh, her offspring. And so uh, maybe, Jessica, do you want to discuss that at all? Or? Yes, because the one thing that people need to understand, see, because of my age, I wanted to have a child at home. However, because I'm going to be 44 this year, I was 41 when I had her. It was three weeks before my 42nd birthday. They had me scared that I shouldn't have an at-home birth. There was literally nothing wrong with me. Nothing was testing wrong. My ultrasounds were fine. But because of my age, they had me all scared, and I was not educated about it enough at the time. And because I was concerned, I had spoke with Brian, because um, we were fairly new to what to do if there was, you know, if we had offspring and how to take care of that. I did tell them um, when I went in, but I did not want to do a birth certificate, but I just wanted an affidavit of birth. Um, there were certain things that I wanted, um, but they would not do. However, I was able to bring my placenta home. I had no tests run when she was born. I did not allow them to take any of her blood at birth. Um, but because of that, because they pretty much forced me to, um, and or the only way I could get an affidavit of birth that they would sign was, and at the time I didn't know that I could just have witnesses, um, 
they automatically issued us a birth certificate, which in turn automatically generated every piece of paperwork for my daughter. Um, which now, now instead of just having to take care of all my paperwork, now I have all of hers to take care of as well. Um, and at that same time, that's when they first started trying to bully me into vaccinating her right from birth. And I told them there was absolutely no reason why she needed vaccinations that soon. But since then, yes, now I have Social Security cards that came in the mail, not even a week after she was home, um, which I find I was actually thinking about it this last week after I talked to you, Brian. I thought it was awfully funny that I have to pay for her birth certificate, but I get the Social Security right in the mail. And uh, But it's kind of nice because I can at least correct her birth certificate, hopefully, before, you know, when I first pay for it. Hopefully I can get it all taken care of then. But because I am fairly new to some of this, and with being pregnant and having so much on my mind, I've had a hard time learning and retaining what steps I do need to take. So I have to take a lot of notes. When I take her into her doctor's appointment, I actually know what my concerns are and why I do not vaccinate. I follow a doctor by the name of Dr. Suzanne Humphreys. She was a doctor that used to be a pediatrician that used to vaccinate children. And she was having adverse effects. So she quit being a pediatrician. She now educates people on the dangers of vaccines and why you want your children to catch certain illnesses, such as chicken pox. When we get chicken pox, we actually build up an immunity to cancer, I believe it was. Um, but you can go right to our website, and literally there's almost anything. That, if you want to know about something with your child, a certain vaccine, it's there. If you can't find it, you can message her, and she will send you the information you need. She's a wonderful woman, and the people on her website have been fabulous whenever I've had a question. So, yes, I had a um, – so I was forced into getting a birth certificate because I had a birth at home. If I ever had to do it again, I would have had my daughter at home, and I wouldn't be going through a lot of the things that I'm being forced into doing with her. Um, the vaccine question never even would have popped up because – I would never have had to take her for her one-day appointment and this appointment and that appointment. As long as you take them in, even to there's a doctor here in town that does not vaccinate, but I can't get into her. She's full. There are a lot of doctors around that are like that, where you can actually have it documented that, yeah, I'm taking my daughter in or my son in because I do worry about their health. However, it doesn't mean that, you know, they have to be vaccinated. Just making sure that they're gro growing at the certain speed that they're supposed to. Um, just little things, you know, a lot of parents don't realize when their kids should be talking. My best friend's son wasn't talking at two years old. You know, there are certain things that doctors will point out to you, um, you know, that we don't always know as parents being young. Because most of us are younger when we have our children. So um, I guess my best advice from what I've had to learn is it's best to do nothing at all because you can always correct it later. And always document everything. So would you say the same, Samantha? Absolutely. I mean, you can always vaccinate later, but you can't unvaccinate it. Once the damage is done, the damage is done. Right. You can do your best to heal it, but, I mean, if it's 
neurological damage or things like that, you can, you know, make it fairly functional, but the damage is there and it's done. I mean, our bodies are absolutely incredible and we can, you know, if we give our bodies what they need, they can take care of themselves and keep balance. But, I mean, outside forces can obviously change that. Yeah. And I feel a lot of these vaccines are to keep us sick and to control us in many ways. Mm-hmm. Like Brian and I were talking, you know, a lot of these preservatives and such, how do we know that that's not what, I mean, what triggers this ADHD? Because not every child has it. And I do have a feeling that the ADD and the ADHD, but you've noticed as the schedule has gotten bigger, where you get vaccinated more, we're having more and more of these children that have these problems. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that people who give their kids pops and a lot of food with preservatives and added colors, they do seem to be the kids that are triggered by the ADHD. Well, what yeah. exactly well, is triggering that? Well, it's like anytime I see a post in like one of the Facebook groups I run, you know, my kid is having behavioral problems. It's like, okay, cut out the wheat, cut out the dairy, cut out the sugar. You're going to notice, yeah. like, you know, your kid's going to feel like crap for a little while because they're going to have to go through a healing crisis. Their body's going to have to learn how to function without this stuff. But you're going to see a completely different kid in a couple of weeks. In a month, mm-hmm. it takes 28 days to completely detox from white sugar, like that synthetic processed sugar and things. 28 days. It takes an entire month for your body to get off of it and figure its own system out. And there's sugar and everything. Yep. Oh, yeah, my babies yeah. think I'm insane. <laughs> They're like, you won't let her have regular juice and you won't let her have this. I'm like, no, because I don't want her having any of that stuff that's added. Mm-hmm. As long as you're talking about sugar, I want to bring up, you know, uh, and this may sound off topic, but it's strictly on topic. Because like you said, they are putting sugar in absolutely everything. I mean, the milk you buy, people would be shocked if they knew how much of that white processed crap they put into even the milk, you know. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was watching a study that was done by scientists. And, you know, they like to study on rats and mice and stuff like that. And um, they had rats that they had um, addicted to uh, water that had cocaine in it. And after about a month, they went and they put in a second bottle of water into the cage. And that other bottle of water was sugar water. And it was only a matter of days before all those ca- those rats that were addicted to the cocaine water switched over and they would rather have the sugar water, which kind of shows you that you know sugar can be even more addicting than cocaine is. You might not have an immediate effect off from it, but it's something that builds in you and gives you a craving. And that's what happened to those mice. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Well, is it MRIs or whatever they do when they do the brain scan? They were doing some brain scans, and sugar lights up the same area of the brain as things like hard drugs like cocaine. It's just as addicting. It lights up the same pleasure areas as, like, the areas of cocaine. Oh, (laughs) Not only that, they did studies in rats where, uh, was it corn syrup? Corn syrup. They compared corn syrup and regular sugar and those kinds of things. And corn syrup actually makes you, like, it made the rats who had corn syrup more obese and it dumbed down their, like, their little ratty IQ. It made them not as intelligent as the other rats, even the rats who were on white processed sugar. But there's corn syrup in everything. I was watching this one thing this one time. Sorry, I'm just going to say one more thing before we 
move on. <laughs> there was a guy, and I can't remember, in Europe or something, he was going to try and do a um, a whole food, like a no sugar challenge. That's where I got the 28 days thing from. Um, he went to the grocery store, and he was going to try and buy food and eat no sugar whatsoever for 28 days. And when he checked the label of every single processed food item, there was corn syrup in there. There was sugar in there. There was some sort of sugar, some sort of processed sugar in every single processed item he was trying to buy. The only thing he could buy from the grocery store was whole foods. That was it. Right. Raw whole foods. Everything else had some sort of crap in there he couldn't eat. Well, no, they started adding sugar to things that never used to have sugar. Well, it's like I just yeah. found recently there's sugar in, like, ketchup. Why is there sugar in ketchup? What? Right. <laughs> yeah, one of the sweetest vegetables we have, fruit. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and it's amazing that you're talking about the preservatives as well. And a lot of those preservatives are the same crap that are being used in vaccines, being pumped into people. And we're talking, right. And, you know, and uh, also things that, products that they use to, like, clean pools with and stuff like that. I mean, it's ridiculous. But one of the things I was talking about earlier before we started recording was that I'm more into preventative maintenance. And, you know, looking at what other people have done regarding, uh, say the subject like with vaccines, you know, and things I see people even do as far as when they're traveling on the road. They already have a form pre-made that they're going to use. Um, and if anybody wants to go to uh, Tactical Sovereignty and look in the uh, group event and scroll down into the comments there, I put a form in there for vaccines that somebody can go and you can use that. Or at least I'll give you an example or an idea of what kind of form you could make up yourself. That way, if anybody wants to, to get a vaccine for anything, I thought about even just getting one made for me. I mean, I don't have uh, children, but I thought about getting one made for myself for like when I go into the drugstore, you know, and they're saying, hey, you, you want to get the flu shot? You know, oh, sure, I'll pop that form out and give it to them. You know, are they going to accept full commercial liability for any harm that's caused? You know? And we know they already have a court, a totally separate court set up strictly for vaccines. You know, and how many people do you think really win anything in that court? And even those that do win, since it's a totally private, separate court, the public never finds out about it. It it stays away from everybody. It stays away from the eyes of, of, you know, Joe on the street, you know, six-pack Joe or whoever. You know, so regular people... Never, their eyes really never land on the situations and see the problems that are caused by a lot of these things. And so I really highly recommend to people, you know, you can find other forms online as well that people have done regarding vaccines that you can present to a doctor or a nurse, whatever. And, you know, get some of those things printed up. Um, have stuff like that available. That way, when the problem presents itself, because it will present itself at some time, that way you can be prepared for it. You know, and the, the, too many people, like I was saying, you know, start looking at this information when maybe they're facing jail time for one issue or another, and, you know, they've got to learn what to do within a month, you know. That's craziness. You know, our forefathers all taught preparedness, you know, um, they all had their root cellars and things like that for just in case. Nobody does anything for just in case nowadays. Everybody just worries about 
the here and now, and I'll worry about tomorrow when tomorrow comes. And that's exactly what lands everybody in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I'll uh, yield with that comment. Well, I'm a little longer than I expected, but... <laughs> Um, Samantha, you do a lot of things regarding um, midwives, and I want you to uh, kind of talk about midwives a little bit and mention your site where you've got information at for that. Regarding vaccinations or midwives in general? Well, you've got a little bit of everything on that site, it looks like, don't you? Uh, Saskatchewan needs more midwives? Right. I run a few groups. So <laughs> that one particular, okay. um, oh, what, there was a friend of mine. Um, well, right now, like in Canada, back in, God, I can't even remember at the moment, but in, I think it was in the 90s, they started regulating midwifery. And before that, um, like the definition of a, mid, mid, uh, a midwife is um, um, with woman. So Canada went and they kind of took the definition and changed it to a registered health professional. So what that group is about is we are trying to, because uh, Saskatchewan made their midwives regulated in 2008, so we had a whole bunch of midwives who would do home births and blah, 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 because midwives didn't really have hospital privileges before that. Um, they went and regulated all of them, so now we've got 16 midwives for an entire province. And you aren't allowed to practice without a license, and you're not allowed to practice without insurance, and blah, 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 and if you use the word midwife, you can get nailed by the College of Midwives, so... When I started that group, a friend of mine had well, was having, well, she she would have been able to have a midwife at home, but they wouldn't give her one, even though she had two unassisted births that were just fine. But because of the C-section scar that she had, it was a classical one or something. It has a little more high, or T-scar, I can't remember. It was, it, has, it carries a little more high risk um, of um, breaking open. I can't remember the word for that either. I apologize. My mind is just running a million miles a minute here. Um, they won't give her one. The the health reason will allow her a midwife. So she basically almost had one of her babies on the hospital floor. And after I heard that, I started hearing more and more women who wanted midwives to have babies at home, but because it got regulated, you can't, like, find midwives around here at all anymore. And it's really frustrating. So we started that group just to say, hey, government, if you're going to sit there and regulate our midwives on us, you better start providing more of them because this is crap. Because, like, I'm like, as myself, a, a, um, a rural individual, I basically, if I don't get a midwife, I have to travel over an hour to a hospital, and we have what I think it's the lowest capita of hospitals in, like, the entire, like, in Canada. Like, in the city of Saskatoon, they've got one hospital that delivers babies. In the entire city and rural areas, one hospital. Prince Albert has one hospital. Like, it's, it's insane. So I have to travel over an hour to a hospital to have a baby, or I do it at myself at home over an hour away. So that's what that group is about. But I also have, um, I also help administrate other groups such as Novax, um, hold on, I'll pull it up here, Novax Prairie Natural Moms, I believe. Yeah, Novax Natural Prairie Moms. And that group I started because there's a lot of individuals here in Saskatchewan who don't want to vaccinate their kids or have stopped vaccinating their kids, or want to learn about not vaccinating their kids. And we don't really have a lot of, I guess the term is crunchy, like there's a lot of crunchy individuals, but even the crunchy individuals still vaccinate their kids, or at least put them on um, like those delayed schedules. So I started that group. It's a secret group, so if anybody wants to join and they're in Saskatchewan, they can message me and I'll 
I'll run through the process and add them. But I also run other groups with um, other ladies, um, like Panacea Parenting. That's also a no-vaccination group. Holistic Free Thinkers, that's also a no-vaccination group. So I'm not sure where I'm going with this, but I'm, I, I do a bunch of administrating groups. <laughs> well, um, sometime after this call ends, probably more convenient for you at that time, but um, what groups you have that you want to share to people, just um, post those over to Tactical Sovereignty. And people can either find them there or they can just put uh, the name Samantha in the search bar and it will bring her posts up. Mm-hmm. The Novax Prairie Natural Moms, if you are in Saskatchewan, PM me because I want a secret. Panacea Parenting is also secret, so you can message me and I can add you to that one too. All right, so. cool, cool. Um, we tend you know, to have I, a lot I, of trolls that come into the groups and really make us think, and it's 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 it gets kind of bad. We didn't want them secret, but we had to make them secret due to people coming in and taking screenshots and like sending them to people like Doctor, uh, what the hell is her name? That that OB, the skeptical OB. They were sending them there. They were sending them to other Facebook pages that make fun of anti-vaxxers. And when you're trying to join a group and you're trying to learn. And you you feel, like, vulnerable because you're already getting this crap from your doctors. You're getting this crap from your families, blah, blah, blah. You know, you kind of want a secret, safe place. So, Well, you know what? Was that an unexpected guest? You know, and one of the things, too, that has always got me with vaccines, and I see other people bring this up, too, is that, you know, like, for instance, you're going to run into your biggest problem when you're taking your child or your property, your offspring, to school. Because these state-run indoctrination programs, they're going to want to see, you know, vaccines, this and that. And so that's another big hurdle that people have to look at in the future is the education uh, of their property and who they're going to be allowing, more importantly, to uh, do that teaching to them. And so people need to be looking off into the future. You know, if you've got uh, any real, truly uh, private schools in the area where you live, or even doing homeschooling and teaming up with other parents to do homeschooling. Very, very good way to go. Mm-hmm. Well, I was well looking, people, I, people right. in our positions almost have to homeschool with a group because we really want our kids being taught all these false facts. Yeah, we don't want we don't want um, our offspring to be indoctrinated with the same lies that all of us were. Right and. Uh, Jessica, I wanted you to bring up, uh, I don't know if it was you or a friend of yours, when you were at a uh, doctor's office and you saw two different refrigerators, if you want to talk about that a bit. When I was first checking into vaccines, this was before my daughter was even born, I already knew how I felt about vaccines. I'd watched so many people getting sick and all these things happening, just from the various flu vaccines. And then all these countries that were wanting to quit vaccinating with Western vaccines because their kids were getting sick. 
So I had been talking to one of my cousins about it. And like a, not even a couple of days after I'd been questioning her about how she felt about vaccines, her stepsister had gone to the doctor because her little girl wasn't feeling well. And when she went to um, check out, she noticed that there were two refrigerators. And the one refrigerator said Medicaid, and the other refrigerator said Insured. Well, that caught her attention, of course, because she was on Medicaid. So why would a vaccine, okay, why would they need the reason what she was given and why they had two refrigerators is they have a certain amount of vaccines for Medicaid patients and a certain amount for people with regular insurance. Well, okay, if that was true, then why don't they just have separate sections on their refrigerator and maybe have them labeled different? But why would you have a whole different refrigerator? That makes me think that they're completely different vaccines but they have different ingredients. And that kind of makes me scared because so people that are less fortunate, they're getting something that's lesser of a vaccine. So does that mean we've got two different batches of vaccines, one for people that have money and then the less fortunate? So that really scared me. And that was before I even had talked to Jason about not ever vaccinating Audrey. Um, he told me I was being silly. That, that 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 didn't happen. I said, well, I saw the picture that she took with my own eyes. So there were a few things that I wanted to be able to do before this call today, but I was not able to do it because I have an 18-month-old and her dad works out of town and I do work. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to stay up on all this all the time when I have things that I'm trying to learn as well so that I can get out of the system because I still haven't gotten myself out of the system. And I've been aware of it for, well, Brian, when did you start your group? <laughs> uh, what, two or three years ago? Yeah, so I was aware of a lot of the stuff then. I just didn't know how to, the steps that we had to take to do it. But it's kind of hard to remember all this stuff when you have your hormones from being pregnant and life in general can be hard. Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, that was... That's what scares me the most about vaccines. What are they really doing to them? And, in fact, like I said, when I got that letter from the doctor, when I asked, because that's one of the first things that you're told by even the manufacturer, you have a question about the effects, the side effects of a vaccine. You have every right to ask for that insert and go over it with your doctor. Well, the minute I asked for it was the minute I got a letter telling me that I was selfish and ignorant and all that good stuff. So I don't really have much faith in any vaccine. I don't care if I had them when I was younger. Who's to say that a lot of our blood sugar problems and cancers aren't coming from those vaccines? Well, you look at the rate of autism alone. It's just that one thing. And, And even other things that are in the spectrum of autism. I mean, it used to be like one in a thousand uh, babies would develop autism. And now the numbers are crazy ridiculous. It's like 15% or something like that. 
It's, it's ridiculous. Well, and you never used to have even more than one fam- family member. Out of 200 family members, you might have one autistic child in that family. Now they're having siblings that have autism. And that was never heard of before. Well, the gentleman that, that the, yeah, the gentleman I'm guardian for, uh, he has, they said uh, his report was that he has autism and mild retardation. Well, that was done so long ago that who knows what they would really call it today. They just might call it autism. But he's got a uh, brother that's like a year or two younger than him. Same exact situation. So, yeah, when you're seeing multiple family members with the same thing, when it used to be something that was one in a thousand, that really should uh, raise some eyebrows. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and every time I try to... Like... Sorry? Huh? I think you've gotten you guys off. Go ahead, Samantha. Oh, I was going to say, like, they're also vaccinating pregnant women as well because the the theory is that you vaccinate the pregnant woman and it'll carry over immunity to the baby, but then you'll vaccinate the baby a few years later with the same thing. But none of these vaccines have ever been tested in pregnancy. They're like, what, a class C or something? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and if you read the inserts, if you pull up an insert, like every single insert says that it's not tested for fertility or carcinogenic effects. It's not tested in pregnancy. And if they lose the baby during the pregnancy, then they just chalk it up to some other crap or they, like, what, in the studies that they did, they just, like, ask those women where they lost the baby from the study and the rest of them just continue. They give the flu vaccine at the beginning of pregnancy and then they give the Tdap or Dtap or whatever the hell they give. One of them is for adults, one of them is for kids. I can't remember. I always get too confused. But they give that to a woman later in pregnancy. So, and there was, like, what, a year or two ago, they were coming out with studies saying that they think now autism is caused in the womb. Okay, well, when you're giving, you know, these hefty vaccines to pregnant women who should not be vaccinated because their immune system is already lowered, as is. I mean, they're not supposed to get sick at all, but you're going to shoot them up with a vaccine and expect their immune system to fight that off? I mean, right. it's, it's a brand new baby that are inside them, and you're going to give that to them, and it's just, it, it makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, but I anyway, there was something else. why they sit there and tell you not to vaccinate your kids if they're sick, but yet when my daughter had a cold, they wanted to vaccinate her. <laughs> and when I said something yep. about it, they were like, well, it's not really a big deal. I said, it says right on every vaccine not to give it to them if they're sick already. Yeah, it's not tested. I mean, when studies are coming out that autism is happening in the womb, but you're giving vaccines while the baby's in the womb, I mean... I know I, I understand, you know, correlation does not equal causation, but, like, let's get real here. I mean, the amount of crap going into our children nowadays, in, vaccines included, like, I mean, <laughs> what? <laughs> well, and I want to say, too, that, you know, for a lot of the people out there that are kind of naysayers to all this, you know, there is more and more stuff online about it all the time. Um, I was just invited in over a video um, to watch a live presentation with uh, Robert Kennedy. I think he was up in the New York or Washington area. And it was a great, it was like a three-hour seminar that him and a bunch of other people did. And it was excellent. It was excellent. And I think actually he's been placed in a position uh, by Trump as well, which is a good thing, that people with this knowledge are actually maybe getting into positions where they might have some influence. But 
a lot of people go and look at these different vaccines and look at it and say, okay, yeah, it's got mercury in it, but that level of mercury is so low, it's well below the threshold, it's nothing to worry about. Okay, well, why don't you go and look at the myriad of the other 30, 40, 50 vaccines that they want to give to that child within its first couple of years of life and look at the amount of mercury in all of those. Now add that together. Now tell me, is that level of mercury still below the threshold? Hell no. It's well and then they don't the know what's in your environment either. Look at all—I mean, all these kids that are drinking lead right now. All these lead different areas that have all this stuff. Yeah, the fluoride. I mean, there's stuff in so much water that we don't know how much we're consuming of anything because it's in so much. Like, literally, fluoride's a great example. If you have a kid that's going to school in a public school, and then you're in a city at home. And then you're giving them their toothpaste. That alone can overfluorinate that child. They could have rotten teeth and have barely any brain function by the time they're ten. Mhm. Well, it says like right on the toothpaste, like if you swallow this, like call poison control. Well, why am I giving my child, who's probably going to swallow this, something that I'm going to have to call if they swallow oh. too much of? I have a good one for you, Samantha. I was looking for a dentist for Audrey. She's 19 months old right now, and she's had teeth since she was six months old. So I wanted to have them check her teeth out. And so I I have a house cleaning business. So I have a customer that's a dentist, so I wanted to maybe take her to him. First thing, when I, I said, what is one of your best advice that you could give somebody? I just I wanted to feel them out before I tried to, you know, get an appointment or anything. So I just wanted to know yeah. how you would deal with things. So I said, what would be your best advice for someone, you know, that has a year and a half old? I said, I do brush Audrey's teeth, but what would be your best advice? He goes, don't teach her to spit. He said, teach her to swallow her toothpaste. And I'm like, why? Most, and I don't have fluoride in my daughter's toothpaste. I buy unfluorinated toothpaste. Mm-hmm. with nothing added to it. In fact, I'm going to start making my own again with um, coconut oil and turmeric. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they still need, you need other things other than just the coconut oil and turmeric. So I do like to use the mm-hmm. Um, So that right there, though, told me he's not a good dentist to go to because why would I want my child, if they're, especially if I'm using the toothpaste that they're advising you to use, which is the fluorinated, why would I want my daughter swallowing that? Especially, just like you said, they tell you to get a hold of poison control. <laughs> so yeah. it's it's kind of an oxymoron right there. <laughs> well, from hey, what Jessica. I know... Sorry? Oh, go ahead, Samantha. Oh, I was going to say, from what I know, the only studies that have been done for fluoride to help strengthen teeth were topical use, not internal yeah. use. No. And actually, the studies that they've even done on topical that have shown that if you overfluorinate, that your teeth will rot. They mm-hmm. have shown that in studies. Well, there's it's studies as well. Well, unfortunately, we have to dig for those studies that show any harm because they make so much money on pushing these products that they they only want good studies reported. So or if it they is don't hard complete to find. It. Right, exactly. 
because there was that study done by Harvard, I think it was over in China or something. You, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but they did a study, and they wasn't completely finished because they couldn't finish it, but the conclusions that they drew from that study is it was just as neurotoxic as I believe it was lead. Like in, in ingesting fluoride was as neurotoxic as drinking lead. So it's like this is in our water, but it's not that we're just drinking it. Like we're, it's like, okay, it's for your teeth and you're drinking it, but okay, what does my plants have to do with this? What does doing my laundry have to do with this? What does having a shower have to do with this? Why am I cleaning my floor with, with fluoride? What, what's going on here? Like, okay, drink it. Okay, then I'll get, like, a fluoridated bottle of water if I feel that's necessary. Why is it in my public drinking water? That doesn't make any right. sense because it's not just for drinking. Well, Jessica, I want to say, you know, if you remember back, way back, from the times we were together, that, you know, once or twice a year I might have problems with uh, a toothache or something like that. Um, it would just be something that would come up. You know, not necessarily because there was a cavity or anything like that. It was just sore teeth or gums for whatever crazy reason. Uh, here about two years ago, I quit using the regular over-the-counter toothpaste and I switched to Tom's. Since the day that I started doing that and using the unfluoridated uh, toothpaste, I have not had any teeth aches ever since. Well, you know what start stopped mine. I was getting bleeding gums and a cavity. I actually do the coconut pulling that everybody says does not work. My cavity went away and I don't have bleeding gums at all anymore. They were trying to get me to go in and have this thousands of dollars treatment for, they told me I had gingivitis and receding gum line. Well now since I use coconut oil I'm having no issues with sensitivity, pain, no bleeding, so there's something in our diet, and I don't know if it's our toothpaste or something that we're actually eating, ingesting, but um, it is. It's, make, it's causing damage to our teeth. I personally I find when I cut out sugar that I my teeth, like when I have a lot of sugar, my teeth get extremely sensitive to any sort of form of temperature. They hurt. I get cavities, blah, blah, blah. As soon as I cut out sugar, all the sensitivity goes away. Within a week, it's all completely gone. Well, I notice a lot of difference when I I take in any sugar. I feel mm-hmm. like crap for days. But you know, you go to a family's you know dinner party, you kind of have to eat. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why I try to explain to to people because they're like, "Well, I thought you don't let Audrey have this or that," and I'm like, "Well, you know, we, I kind of have to let her eat when we go out sometimes." <laughs> I can't starve her, so there's times that I have to allow her to eat something that I wouldn't normally want her to have, but because she doesn't eat it on a daily basis, I don't think it's going to do too much harm to her. Well, no, your body can filter it out if it's within reason, but when it's all the time, every day, exactly. it's going to do damage. I mean, sugar is also an inflammatory. How many in- inflammation problems do we have, like arthritis, blah, 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 blah? I mean, then you start to wonder. Well, and aspartame poisoning, because people don't realize that they're taking in too much aspartame, and half of why they're so sick, it's not really even diabetes. It's they're actually having aspartame poisoning, and doctors aren't recognizing it. Mm-hmm. So. I thought it was amazing. Uh, yesterday, I was with a group of people, and there was a waitress came by, and uh, a guy got a bottle of water. 
And somebody says, well, you don't drink soda or have a cocktail? And he says, no. He says, I don't. He says, because, you know, I'm trying to watch my weight, among other things, just trying to stay healthy. And there's an older gentleman sitting there, and he says, well, you can drink diet soda. And I'm thinking, wow. You know, I, you know, actually, our older people should have this info, and they should be teaching it to us. You know what I mean? And I was like, sir, I said, diet soda is more dangerous for you than even a regular soda is. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, yeah. I we went to dinner with my brother two weeks ago. His daughter ordered a diet pop. My brother came back to the table, and I said, you let them drink diet? He's like, no, why? I said, well, she just ordered a diet pop. He's like, I've told you. You don't ever drink anything. Then she wanted to get, she wanted me to get her some gum. I'm like, honey, I can't. I'm like, let's have aspartame in it. I'm like, I'll buy you regular gum before I will buy you this. <laughs> They had a study, I remember reading a few years ago, and they compared um, diet pop and regular pop and juice and all these other things. And people who drank the diet pop, even over like the regular Coca-Cola with like, you know, the old school sugar, like, you know, those that, that Coke, like the Pepsi throwback stuff, the per- people who drank the pop with the aspartame had a harder time losing weight than the people who drank regular pop. Yep. They were actually in that study. I remember that study. They were actually gaining more weight mm-hmm. drinking the diet pop. So, but I try to explain to people. I'm like, it stops your children's brain growth. I'm like, there's so much more to it for children. I mean, it's not good for us adults, but it hinders so much in a child's development, physically and mentally. So, well, there's just. I'll say uh-huh. at some point here, I do want I do want to jump into Q and A, but before doing that, I want to uh, go into the second part of this discussion also that I had shown, which uh, not just vaccines, but actually what traps us into the situation with vaccines the worst, which is that birth certificate registering our biological property with the state, and there's steps that people can make. And like I said, this is a preventive measure. People that are planning on having children or um, your wife is currently pregnant and you're, you're expecting, I mean, there's steps that can be done ahead of time. That way you hopefully won't get fallen into that trap. And especially beneficial, like Jessica was saying, if you just have the child at home, have your offspring at home, and that way you don't even have to worry about that first step of confrontation with the birth certificate. Everybody mm-hmm. talks about, you know, matrix, you know, and the matrix all around us and we're stuck in the matrix. Well, I remember when I first started researching this info, you know, I, you see that word everywhere. And it's like, and it's kind of used very loosely. So I was like, well, you know, we're fighting a legal situation here. And this is kind of a know your enemy kind of deal, you know. Uh, they're not supposed to be our enemy. They're supposed to be our public servants. Um, for those of us that have done much research, you learn that, guess what? They're not our public servants. They are masquerading as public servants, but they're actually working for a totally separate corporation, a totally separate company that is essentially just a government servicing company. That's all they are. Um, you know, I, I have people come on the calls once in a while, and they're like, oh, you're anti-government. No, I'm not anti-government. In fact, it's impossible for me to be anti-government I mean, I don't think that there 
is anybody alive today who has ever seen a government. All we have is this servicing company out there. And even the Supreme Court has ruled that you cannot be both a government and a corporation. You're one or the other. And what's running the nations now, especially all the IMF nations, which makes up probably 99% of the nations on Earth, are all IMF-controlled nations. And so looking at that word matrix, I'm like, okay, it's a legal situation. Let me go to a legal dictionary. What's it say about matrix? And a legal dictionary will tell you a matrix is the originating document from which all other documents are drafted. So that right there is the inception of that Title I uh, all-capital person. Uh, that is a totally separate organization. And people identifying themselves by that organization is what causes them to be stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to vaccines and having to explain it to either loved ones or doctors or the so-called authorities out there. And so people have got to go back and look at, okay, how do I rectify that situation? How do I avoid that situation? And from what I've seen and looked at, the best way to do that is, guess what? The state is going to be putting a claim to that property. So what you need to do is you need to claim that property before they get a chance to claim that property. It's a first-in-time, first-in-line, or a first-in-time, first-in-right situation. And so you can go and you can put that into the newspaper ahead of time. Um, and people will be like, well, I don't know you know, exactly what time the child's going to be born, this, that, or what time the offspring is going to be born or whatever. Well, fine. Don't use that date. Uh, use the date that that baby was created. And there's so many arguments out there as to, okay, when is that baby really, um, I don't like using the term human being, but when is that baby really a human being? And that's been one of the arguments regarding abortion and all of that. But if you really just go and look at it from the legal aspect, what do, legally, what do the authorities say? Well, when I see that if someone kills a woman who's pregnant and the baby dies as well, they get charged with two murders. That tells me legally how the legal establishment looks at it. They look yeah, at creation. That, that, right. They look at that baby as being one of us from the time of conception. So use the conception date. Put the conception date on there. Um, you can or may or may not, whatever you choose, put the baby's name and list that as well. And list that you have a notice of interest in this property. Put your notice of interest in before the state can claim theirs. And make sure that, like I said, just like if you're going to register an entity or something like that, put it in the newspaper for whatever allotted amount of time, whether it's two or three weeks, whatever your area requires or your state requires, and then also get a certified copy of that from that newspaper as well. And you've got the first claim. I don't know if Samantha or Jessica, if you had anything you wanted to add to that. No, I pretty much said what I had to say about Bursa because that's right from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and one of the things I want people to look at as well, and 
you know, I was looking up some stats a couple of days ago, and I thought this was kind of funny. He's looking at vehicles. It takes 13 hours to manufacture a Toyota. 13 hours. A vehicle that you may be using for five, six, seven, eight, however many years, you know. And then you look at a Rolls Royce, you know, the, the capstone of all vehicles. It takes six months to produce a Rolls Royce. Well, you know what? It takes nine months to make one of us, you know. But people put more worry. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're up to 10 even, yeah. But, you know, it seems like everybody cares more about a vehicle and what they're going to do with it and this and that than they really even think about their offspring sometimes. I mean, if somebody's going to go and buy a car, so many people, they'll go online, they'll read hours and hours, spend time looking at reviews and different things like that. Uh, or even if they're going to go on vacation, you know, they'll spend the day looking up uh, different restaurants in the area and different hotels in the area. What's the best hotel? Where can I get the best deal at the nicest place and things like that? But how much time do people really spend looking into vaccines or even looking into the issue of the birth certificate or things like that uh, prior to having a baby? They really don't. They kind of just listen to whatever the pediatrician is telling them or whatever the prenatal nurse is telling them, and and they run with that because we're so used to, you know, looking for a savior or somebody. Uh, we're always looking for a higher power, and they're going to give us the info, and that's the way we look at those individuals. We look at them as... Uh, they're the authority on this, so I'm just going to take their word for it. And that's what's been going on for too long and has caused everybody to fall into the trap that they've fallen into. Well, I, I've had so many arguments with people because they're like, well, they're doctors. They know better. I said, no. I said, they do know probably more than I do about certain things. I said, but I'm going to tell you right now. I said, they're still practicing. I said, they still have to go and look stuff up just like you or I would have to. They don't know it all. And unfortunately, too many people think that they know everything. And they don't. So, and, they've, and they've done zero research. I mean, and even if you want to think that your doctor knows it all, okay, he was trained through what, the AMA, one of their colleges, you know, one of their universities. Okay, good. Why don't you go back and look up uh, how the AMA got started. Right. Now, that was started That was started by the Rockefellers. The Rockefellers pumped money into that. That way they could change the direction that medicine went in America. Instead of it being the natural homeopathic things that was handed down from our forefathers and grandparents, whatever, now we're going to go and listen to this uh, Ivy League or state college educated so-called doctor, and uh, listen to the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, pharmacist, the word pharmacist means maker of poison. Really, maker of poison, and that's who you're going to rely on is somebody that makes poison. <laughs> right. But like I said, the AMA and this education for doctors was transformed by the Rockefellers. Well, you go back and look at what they owned, okay? They owned a lot of these factories that were actually producing a lot of these poisons, such as fluoride, you know. And it was like, okay, well, what are we going to do with this stuff? You know, well, get everybody to think fluoride's good for you. And so, you know, you see these 
semis leaving some of these plants, and it's got the big skull and bones on the back of it, and it says fluoride on it, you know. And where's that truck going? It's going straight to the closest toothpaste factory. Uh-huh. And that's what people need to realize. They think that the way things are now are the things where things have always been, and that couldn't be further from the truth. A lot of the problems that we are seeing right now have all been created within the last 100 years. Mm-hmm. And you go back and study the AMA and different things, and you'll find out really where the source of all this was at. It's all about money. Uh, the birth certificate originally was issued by the Department of Commerce. I've seen that on people's certificates from back in like the 40s. It was issued by the Department of Commerce. It was all about money because a new transmitting utility was being created. A new revenue stream uh, for the company had come into existence. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what that's all about. And people can decide whether they want to be a revenue stream for them or not. You know, when I first started studying, one of the thoughts that came to my mind was, you know, different countries are, are talked about being more wealthy than other countries. Okay, and I thought, wait a minute, what does the United States own? What does Canada own? What what do they own that makes them more wealthy than anybody else? And the more you research that, you find out what they own is you. They own you. They own what you think is your vehicle. Uh, they own what you think is your home. I mean, if you think that vehicle, that auto, that car is yours, then why can it be taken away from you? The only way it can be taken away from you is it can be taken away by the actual owner. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it's impossible. Uh, the only way your home can be taken away from you is if it's not really owned by you. It's owned by someone else. Mm-hmm. And people need to start looking at these things with new eyes. Um, did you ladies have anything you wanted to add to the birth certificate situation? Or Because I'd like to open the lines up here shortly for Ken. Uh, two things. Um, if you've heard of the, um, there's a documentary on YouTube. It's free. It's called Cancer: The Forbidden Cures. Um, the very first part of the the documentary talks about the descent, the the descent into what you were talking about, like um, the commercialization of healthcare through the Rockefellers, et cetera, et cetera, and um, using the cancer industry as a big money maker. Um, Cancer: The Forbidden Cures on YouTube. It explains it fairly well. When I was in university, um, back getting my brainwashing for sociology, um, before I got in all this stuff, um, I went through, um, because in in the beginning, it shows like all the scientific literature for um, carcinogens, blah, blah, blah. Like a lot of the cancer drugs that they use are actually carcinogenic carcinogenic to humans. So you're using a carcinogen which does cause cancer to cure cancer. And I went through in university and I found every single piece of literature in my in the the scientific journal. So they are there. The the documentary is fairly good. Um, the second thing that I want to point out for birth certificate is just how easy it is to like um, you know let let the uh, the state kind of take control. Um, when I had my first baby, um, I was given papers to fill out from my healthcare provider, my midwife. Um, I never ended up filling them out. She kept bugging me to fill them out, but I was undecided at that point. I wasn't as intense as I was now. (laughs) 
But I kept telling her that, you know, I would look into it and I'd get back to her when I did, but then later I decided I wasn't going to. But as of recent, Saskatchewan, now that the Liberal Party came in, um, they made this whole new, like before you had to get your birth, like you had to fill out the registration of live birth, send that in, blah, blah, blah. Then you get, you can order your birth certificate and then you had to do everything separately. And now when I had my second baby, um, I was given a package here and I have a picture of it uh, uh, pulled up. It said, welcome, welping, welcoming a newborn into this world can be both an exciting and a busy time in the life of a parent. All babies need constant love and attention. You will often have your hands and arms full. So the less time you spend reading and filling out forms, the more time you will have to spend with your precious child. It's a four-in-one package that they give. Um, you can fill out for your child benefits, Canada child benefits, social insurance number, your social, like SIN, your SIN number, Saskatchewan Health Guard, and Saskatchewan birth certificate. It's all in one. You used to have to do this separately, and now they give this to you at the hospital before you leave. And it says, please note that every child in Saskatchewan must be registered with Eat Health Saskatchewan Vital Statistics within 15 days after their birth. Registration is necessary to establish a permanent record of a person's birth. So they take from that the registration and then they make everything else. But you can fill out everything in this form now. And note that it says child. A child is a word of the state by definition. You don't want a child. Like you were saying, you want an offspring. So that I wanted to point out as well. Is like It's how easy it is now to just make your child a slave without your even knowing. Is the less the less you do, like the less you spend time researching and the more you just fill out the forms, the more you consent to all this garbage and you don't even know. Mm-hmm. You know, there was somebody I was talking to earlier today and they were talking about FEMA camps and what they think might happen and things like that, which I, I really don't spend too much time thinking about. I mean, I, I had a uh, police officer, uh, he was setting up a meeting and it was like a preppers meeting or something like that. And he told us, he said, you know what? He said, everybody thinks that we're all going to come and round you up and put you into FEMA camps because uh, he worked for Department of Homeland Security as well. And he did training for police departments and stuff. By the way, he said, that's never going to happen. We're never going to go and round people up. He said, you're going to come to us. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's going to happen mm-hmm. because you're going to be looking for somebody to take care of you. And, you know, to a lot of people who are kind of naysayers or whatever on these topics, you know, I think the best example really that they could look at is if you go to go to a college and you register for a college or register for classes or different things, what, what's happening when you do that? If you're registering to go to a, a college, you get accepted by this college, well, guess what? When you're at that college, now you are under all of their little rules, regulations, and codes that they have for that school, whether it's where you park or what you can and can't wear, whatever the case may be. You're mandated under them. Well, when your biological property is registered to U.S. Inc., guess what? Now that property is under the rules, regulations, and codes of U.S. Inc. Mm -hmm. So... It may not be just a single campus, but guess what? The whole landmass here is its own big plantation, period. And if you don't think that's true, try and leave. Try and leave and see how much luck you have. Mm-hmm. The best way to enslave people 
or to keep them into a prison is to keep them in one without walls. Yep, government well, literally means, means mind control. Yeah, governing of the mind, mind control, exactly. But I want to open this up for Q&A, so I'm going to pop that open, and if anybody has any questions or anything, feel free to come on. And like I said, just uh, I know it can be kind of difficult sometimes with uh, time delays and things like that with call, but just try not to step on each other and I'll just say, may I, and when you recognize, uh, let us know the handle you go by and where you're even from to keep things interesting. So uh, let me get that opened up. Wow, that is talk in the chat. All right. There it is. All right. Hello, Everybody's may, I, may I have the floor? Yes, you may. Who's this? Good morning, afternoon, actually. Um, my name is Dr. Rebecca. I'm a 60-year-old retired chiropractor in excellent health who endorses everything these ladies have said so far to this point. Um, and <laughs> there are just a few things I'd like to add um, and to validate for you, if I may, and then I have a question or two, if I may. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right. So um, starting with fluoride, the reason they say call the poison control center is because fluoride is a halide. All the halogens are poisons by nature. And um, I like the fact that you are brushing with the coconut oil and the turmeric. I've been doing the coconut oil myself for some time, but um, had not thought of using turmeric with that. And, as, and with fluoride, there is no such thing as fluoride strengthening anything. It no. kills, it, it destroys or it deters dental caries by virtue of its toxic effects. Fluoride is also used in psychotropic drugs. It is a, uh, a chemical that demineralizes bone, lowers IQ, and cognition. You're wise to stay far afield of it. Um, and then moving on to the diet soda, the reason the rats in that study gained weight was because there's a, there's a, the brain still perceives that really intense sugar load, but there's no caloric uptake that the brain anticipates in response also. So that triggers the hunger reflex. And that's what happens with these people who become obese on diet sodas. And, and then those, those HFC, the, HF, the high fructose corn syrup, absolutely destroys the liver with that fructose. And that's, again, where you see all the diabetes come in into play. Um, these fake sugars, sorry just to speed along because I, I just don't like to waste people's time. Um, we've got the two primary sugars, um, sucralose and aspartame. Aspartame you've got equal and NutraSweet. Um, and then for the um, sucralose you've got Splenda. These are all neurotoxins. They will actually cause rapid firing of your cerebral neurons to the point where they actually atrophy and die. And in fact, with, uh, in particular with Splenda, it is, its molecular structure, I believe, is just one chemical bond different from DDT, another potent poison. So... Um, then we come to the cancer with sugar. Uh, there were so many notes I was taking. You guys are covering so many wonderful topics. Uh, there's, 
there's something that um, cancer and fungal infections have in common. Uh, there is actually a fungal uh, fungal growth that mimics cancer. Uh, we've been, that's what I was taught when I was in chiropractic college, and this was many, many years ago. But I would say that it, rather than mimicking fungus, I would say fungus, it's more likely that cancer is a type of fungus. And right. the things that cancer and fungus have in common, uh, a mold is a fungus, yeast is a fungus, uh, mold is not yeast. They are both two separate types of fungus, uh, or fungi is the, the, the plural, plural, pluralized form. And what they have in common is they, they, uh, they, have, they grow in response to presence of sugar, an anaerobic condi- condition, and angiogenesis, which is a blood supply. You can't have cancer without a blood supply. So, um, uh, and... There is something also angiogenesis is not normal in any adult. So angiogenesis is the blood supply, the, the forming of capillaries to feed the tumor, the cancer, whatever it is that's growing. And unless you're a menstruating woman, you should not have any angiogenesis going on in your body. So you want anti-inflammatory diets just like the ladies were speaking of. Um, let's see, I talked about the demineralization. Okay, yeah. So going on to... Um, as far as there were some excellent, excellent um, studies and articles regarding vaccines, fluorides, and many, many other health issues at Dr. Mercola, and I probably pronounce his name differently than a lot of people do, but uh, it's drmercola.com, and he has, he's on the cutting edge, I would say. Uh, he's like the WebMD of, of natural health care. So I hope people will actually go and visit that. There was a recent released article of over 400 scientific articles proving that vaccines are harmful. Something to show your doctors the next time you go in. Um, Then we were talking about the birth certificate. I've recently learned that the birth certificate is actually a type of a deed. And so it's a deed to the, 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 the population, the country's population, their property, their mm-hmm. chattel. And yeah. I've also recently learned in, uh, in Black's Law, you can find out something called a counter deed. You can create your own document and take back ownership of yourself. And I can, um, I'm happy to forward to uh, where you like a, a sample of the form that I use that would help yes. people in that. It's almost like your get-out-of-jail-free card, too, because there's, okay. you own yourself. You're not, you are not part of that agency any longer. You've nullified, nullified that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then that brings me to my question. I am in possession of two birth certificates, one that my mother handed me as an infant, and another that I acquired sometime after graduating high school. The birth certificate from the 50s was issued by a territory of the United States. The subsequent one was issued by the Superior Court, or the the commissioner had a seal for the Superior Court for the state of one of the U.S. states. So when I go to authenticate my birth, the, the birth certificates, one or the other that I have in my possession, which one am I wanting to use? All right. Well, Brian, um, doesn't she still have to apply through vital records? Or does she wanna, just doesn't she want to 
apply for the authenticated version? Well, I well, thought it, it, I thought the procedure was it, to submit your uh, the birth certificate for authentication to the Secretary of State. Is that not correct? Right, right, that's correct. Um, the one you have that you said came later on. That uh, what, what does it look like? Uh, is it like on bond paper? Well, interestingly, the original the original one from the fifties from the territory is a very has a high sheen. Uh, it almost looks like a, it is a very special paper. I've never seen anything like it. It's, it's kind of iridescent, but it's a tan color. And then the subsequent uh, one issued in the 70s is, yes, very much like a security-type bond paper. Right, right. Yeah, the one that, that is on like a security uh, bond paper, that's the one that you would want to get authenticated. Uh, okay. Myself, what I, re- what I recommend to people to do, though, is to get a hold of the health department for whatever state you were born on and order like at least three, get three to five copies of it. All right. Okay. And then when you receive those back in the state um, and while you're waiting to get them back, you can look up the Secretary of State Department of Authentications. And okay. uh, a lot of people will argue with me about this process, but there's a reason for it. All right. Um, and that way, you'll be all set and you know what to do and follow their instructions to send it back uh, to get authenticated at the state level. After that's done and it's sent back to you with your cover sheet with the authentication, and you just leave that connected uh, to each other. And people that are curious about this process, there's more details in call number six on this link um, talks you. So, oh, anyway, excellent. Okay. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna take that from the state authentications when that's done, and you're gonna send it to uh, the Department of the State, which is the federal level. Uh, that's position is held by Rex Tillerson right now, and you're gonna send it to their Department of Authentications, which is in uh, Sterling, Virginia. All right, and when you receive that back from them, uh, that cover sheet will be placed over the cover sheet from the state. And uh, it'll say full faith and credit on it. Um, and it will have a list of United States code in the bottom left-hand corner. And it's interesting, you go and look up those codes. And in uh, 28 U.S.C. 1733, that tells you that a properly authenticated document, which is what you've just done, is accepted as the original. Okay. And that. That's the point where you hold the original title uh, to that fictional character. Excellent. Is that... And and, uh, then once you hold that, uh, that places you in a position where you can be in control. Mm -hmm. And I I use that to go along with my declaration of status that was... um, one of the forms that went along with that, one of the supporting forms. Uh, That went along with, when you say that went along with it, you sent that to the Department of Authentication for the state and the Fed? Well, yeah, you send send your your form, you send that certificate first to the state to get authenticated, then to the Fed to have their authentication put on that as well. Okay. And then you've got a, then you got a completed copy, and like I said, I use that uh, to go along with my um, basically my declaration of status, and 
along with that, I put my own cover sheet to it, which is the counter deed that you mentioned earlier. Okay. And the okay. Counter deed, yeah. Yep. And the counter deed is uh, the definition of it essentially is that it's a secret writing uh, done either under notary or private seal. Private seal. Which 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 destroys, nullifies, whatever, a public mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. So now you've, you've yanked that document out of the public and placed it back into the private. Cool. Um, now, so now you can control that organization that was set up. And one of the things that I did, well, I've done two things. Um, I've sent notice to the chief judge for the area where I live and the chief judge for the area where I was born. And I also sent notice to Secretary of State for the state I live on, the state where I was born, and to Rex Horson's office um, as to my relationship regarding the organization, which was actually a um, revocation as agent for the organization. Okay. And, that I, yeah, I've done uh, the revocation for the uh, the state on which I sojourn currently, and they their thirty day notices almost expired. So <laughs> I'm pretty on my way on that one. Yeah, mine has long since expired from um, the Secretary of State's office, and uh, one thing that I did see occur from that was I had to switch insurance companies here about. Oh, seven or eight months ago, and when I did that, there was three or four things on the driving record that caused me to have to pay a little bit more in insurance. Um, well, after I went and had this done, uh, about two months later, um, I had another situation, basically because I'm, I've left this company, and I'm rejoining back with the Republic, um, leaving the United States, Inc., and joining with the United States of America. And... Um, they basically want to know when people join up with them, you know, that they're not getting problem children or pedophiles and all that kind of crap. And uh, for one of their IDs, uh, they wanted to see like a seven-year, or no, they want to see a five-year quote-unquote driving record from the state. So I went down to the Department of Motor Vehicles to get, you know, a five-year report. And they said, well, we've got a three-year, seven-year, or a lifetime. I kind of wish I got the lifetime now. But I got the seven-year. But so that seven years should have had everything on it that the insurance company saw uh, when I had switched insurance companies here a few months ago. Uh, the woman got something off from the computer. She laid a piece of paper down on the desk next to me, and she started typing on her computer. And she turned and looked at me, and she said, "Do you need anything else?" And I looked down at that piece of paper. I said, "That's it." And she goes, "Yeah, that's it. Why?" I said, "Where's this come from?" She goes, "It comes straight from the capital of Florida." I said. She goes, is there a problem? I said, no, it's all right. And I picked it up and walked out because I was shocked that the body of it had nothing in it. The only thing it said within the body actually was that I had applied for an ID in, I think it said 2007, and that it had expired in 2013. Well, I've never applied for an ID, ever. So I don't know where that info came from. But that info that the insurance company had several months earlier, was not on that document. (laughs) There was nothing there anymore. So they basically cleared cleared my driving record. 
which essentially, if you go back to uh, the definition of counter-deed, they have to get rid of any attachment to that organization that they've made. Beautiful. Anytime people get something as simple as a parking ticket, it's not on you. They are attaching that to that organization and trying to get you to be liable for it. Mm -hmm. So I think correcting my relationship to that organization kind of made a little bit of a difference. Well, the only negative on my so-called driving record is a citation for exercising my right to travel, which I am presently fighting uh, in, well, I'm not fighting anything. I've actually filed a claim in the Federal Superior Court of Record, which the judgment is overdue. So um, I will shortly be announcing a victory on that and taking that (laughs) along with my DMV notice of uh, declaration of my right to travel. And I'm I'm doing many of the steps you've outlined plus a, uh, a couple of additional ones, it sounds like. Well, and I think one of the things that people need to realize, one of the stumbling blocks with the whole right to travel issue, is that at some point, and probably when people were 15, 16, they went and they left the United States of America, and they left the Bill of Rights, and they went and they joined another organization called the Department of Motor Vehicles. And the Department of Motor Vehicles has its own rules and regulations. So you gave, you surrendered those intangible rights that you previously had to accept the rules and regulations of this other organization called the DMV. But not and willingly not willingly and knowingly. It was by, by treachery and deception that that, so that's not a legal contract. And it's, it's uh, so that's why well, I, it, yeah. Well, it is a legal contract until it's, until it's disputed. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of people, a lot of people say, well, there's no disclosure out there, da, da, da. Well, everything that Congress does goes into the Federal Register. The problem is that, you know, uh, we think that, you know, schools are liable to have taught us everything. You know, they were supposed to tell us this and that. Uh, No, it's really our own responsibility. And things that Congress does, they go and they throw it into the Federal Register, and it sits in there for 30 days, nobody disputes it, and it becomes law, president signs it, whatever. If I may. uh, Yeah, sure. This is Walter on Illinois. Hey, yeah, uh, Walter, oh, just one second. Um, doctor, okay. uh, you said something about a form or whatever that you're using and that you'd be willing to share that. If you're a member of Tactical Sovereignty, you want to share that to the group? Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay. All right. Where do I do that? Because I've not yet, uh, I'm on an iPad and I'm having some trouble getting you know, I can't listen to the calls or pull up the recordings yet. So where would you like me to send it? How shall I send it? Are you a member of Tactical Sovereignty? I did recently join, but again, I'm okay. not sure how, I'm not really familiar with the website yet. This is my second time on the call. All right. All right. Well, it's just a Facebook group. And um, if you're new to doing stuff with Facebook groups or whatever, maybe find somebody that you know that might be more familiar with Facebook and they can show you how you can share that. Okay, I do have a Facebook account. Um, is there somebody that I can friend request in particular? Uh, um, if you're a member in Tactical Sovereignty, then it shouldn't be any problem. You, know, okay. you can just I'll post to it, and, and yeah, you can just post to it, and one of the admins will approve it. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, 
and glad I could shed some light on, and some validation on, on you know, the, the presenter's information this afternoon. And people, and I appreciate the information you shared. It was very, very uh, welcomed. Thank you. You're welcome, and I yield. All right, thank you. Anybody going to look up the group on Facebook if you're not a member of the group? Uh, because there's a couple of tactical sovereignty kind of sites. It's uh, tactical sovereignty administrating the estate, and that should take you right to it. All right, Walter, what's up, brother? Well, I was wanting to uh, ask the uh, doctor um, if uh, she could also post the other website that she was talking about about the guy that uh, is like the online uh, web doctor. Uh, as good as that, if not better. Uh, I would like to know about the fungi and the funguses and the types of cures because I've noticed that there's a lot of people that I know are getting skin funguses, they're getting toenail and fingernail funguses, and I want to try and help them uh, try and get that fixed their life because uh, she had mentioned that it was a type of cancer. That all no, no, no. Cancer. no, 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 no. The, the, um, I would say that cancer and fungus have a lot of similarities. They have not been proven to be one and the same, but I have a personal, from my, from my background, I believe that they are one and the same. And the skin fungi comes from, the, it, it's, everything on the skin comes from the gut. You want to get the, the, the balance more in favor of the friendly bacteria. So a quality probiotic like Natrin brand or, uh, what's another really good one? Um, uh, Dr. O'Hira, uh, O-H-I-R-R-A, um, uh, Sarah, what's the other one, Sarah? I can't remember off the top. If I think of others, I'll, I'll, I'll add, send that information as well. Um, but it's Dr. Mercola. He's got such a, a, a deep, deep repository of health information, that, and you can, it's searchable, so you'll really enjoy that. I think I pretty much addressed that. And then there's, um, so you want to, for all you, you want to do an antifungal protocol. And for that, there's actually a diet that I would recommend a lot of people go on. If you've heard of Doug Kaufman, he had written a book called Know the Cause, and he's got a phase one diet to basically eliminate, to starve the fun, fungus. And, um, and then you can gradually bring back other foods. So he's basically eliminating all the high-sugar high content foods. Um, so I want to remember it's uh, Dr. Merkola and Doug Kaufman. I'm making notes to myself so I can remember to give everything that's been asked for. All right, I yield. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. My pleasure. And, anybody uh, else have a? Oh, go ahead, Walter. Oh, and I was gonna, I was gonna put uh, a comment on also the point of the birth certificate, and the reason why we're trapped in these things that we think we're trapped in. Well, we're not trapped. We're just uneducated, and we didn't know uh, a certain the procedure on to clear ourselves from this corporate entity or this state agency, and it all starts with claims. Claims have to be claimed if you if you think you have been violated. Or your rights have been violated, then um, they probably have, but you have never claimed a right. And underneath, and the system that we're under, 
there's all these hidden agendas, and then people say, without your consent, without your knowledge, without full disclosure, that does not work because um, we're considered that uh, chattel, that slave, that entity that they can control and run because we haven't separated ourselves from it by claims. Claims is where it starts at, and you got to claim your rights. Um, I um, uh, would suggest that everybody adopt the Universal Declaration of Human Rights because there's 30 articles in there that talk about your tangible, intangible, and intellectual property rights. Intangibles are like what you're able to travel or you're able to um, own property free and clear without taxes or payments um, and and so on when it comes to claims. Um, there is a uh, the original republic, the United States of America, is DBA and doing business as the reign of the heavens, which is the uh, real government that the Yahushua came to teach and uh, teach how to govern it before the people. And I would drop that in the chat here in just a little bit so everybody can go and check that out for themselves about the uh, original the United States have been brought forward again to this time and date. And uh, through the reign of the heavens, um, it's not a religion. So people think in religion right now, that's far from it. Um, it's actually a country. And um, it was abandoned for a while, but then it was readopted and brought forward. Um, that's where it starts. If we want to start to separate ourselves from these vaccines, from these contracts, uh, driver's license, marriage license, and all the other types of things that they require us, we can't get married without their permission. We can't have children uh, without being governed over them. And a child, like uh, was mentioned earlier, um, the term for that is exactly what it meant. Um, they are offspring, and I believe in that also. And with the United States of America, they also have not a birth certificate, but a certificate of life and also a claim that goes with it. So you can put your claim in, which we, you would be the first in time, first in line, first in right, exactly what uh, Brian was talking about earlier. And uh, I concur with what he was saying, and um, the other two ladies and the guests, uh, as far as trying to figure out what we need to do to stop the uh, um, lies. Um, being informed is where it's at, and these calls are great for that. And uh, um, I was expected to be here tonight, so and uh, I yield the floor. That's what I had to say. All right. Yeah, cool. <clears throat> and like you're saying, uh, the, this republic does have all that set up, and as far as claims and things go, you know, that's really the first problem when a child is born. You know, the man used to get down on his knee or set his child, new baby, offspring on his knee and make a claim. And people kind of quit making claims and they let the state go ahead and do it for them. And unfortunately, that means the state has made the claim and the uh, mom and dad never makes the claim. Uh, one more thing, if I may. Yeah, uh, the parents, from the standard and the point of view of my way of thinking, and it really is true, um, you are, you have the highest claim. If somebody has claimed your child like the state, and they run up an ad in the paper, and nobody came forward, then by sea law, they're actually able to claim that vessel. Um, when you step forward and make a claim, they have no claim no more. Their claim is done. It's over with. 
you have the highest claim of the land to your own offspring. I yield. Yeah, absolutely. And it actually goes a step backwards from that even um, with um, the birth of your offspring because especially if um, the parents are married, you know, if anybody that's been married has ever gone and had to do a divorce, uh, they'll see that there's information that they want filled out uh, regarding products of the marriage because all products of the marriage uh, belong to the state. It's a three-way contract that was entered uh, between the husband and wife in the state. And that's why you have to go to the state when there's the separation and the dispute with divorce and the divorce gets granted by the state. It's because you've got a three-way obligation set up there. And so even when it comes to getting married, if people can still get married without setting it up with the state and going into that nasty three-way. Yeah, you actually marry the state. (laughs) Yep. And what you've done when uh, two people get married is it's very similar to a baby being born. Uh, You've created another entity. You've created another organization through that (laughs) marriage certificate. Yep. Uh, Samantha and Jessica are kind of quiet. You ladies still with us? Yep, still here. i got to go soon, though, because my little guy is starting to get angry. I'm just looking. Uh, that's all right. That's all right. We totally appreciate you being on here, with the doctors and then, or with the doctor, and so I'm just learning more. So. Yeah, we didn't Call get a, a marriage license when we, my, 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 well, husband and I, when we first had our, our thing. I, I didn't want to get it when I started getting it. I didn't get a marriage license because I, I was scared it was going to affect my student loans when I was going to university, but you know. After doing more research, then, it's like, obviously, you know, I was very sound in my decision not to get one. Instead, what we did is we just had a ceremony with some friends and family, and we just signed a Bible. One of those big old family Bibles right at the very front, we signed one of those. And we had, you know, my sister sign the witness, and his brother sign the witness, and, well, I mean, to everybody around us, we're a couple. So well, and that's okay, so where you have your thing. your children's birth written in there too, right? Yep. Yep. So I mean, yeah, that's your family record. We have one as well. Mm-hmm. We are we haven't had a third, but we've been together for three years, and we have our daughter. Us, we well, that's, that's understandable. Yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be set up as well. I mean, it, even the marriage license, this isn't something, you know, that's been going on for hundreds or thousands of years. So this is something new as well. Uh, yeah. A lot of this can be found back in the 19th century and uh, the early 1800s or and even a little earlier than that. And what it really came down to was, here we go, back to ownership again, um, when someone wanted to marry one of the slaves of another plantation. And that plantation owner would issue a license, a permission, uh, for that marriage to take place. Because he was, he was releasing property. Right. And I think it's really funny. You look at one of the things that people, when they get married, they, they exchange rings. 
you go back to the origin of rings, rings were actually a sign of a slave, a sign that someone was owned, was owned. Um, and whether it was an earring, a nose ring, <laughs> it was a symbol that you were owned property. Yeah, the scripture says when two people come together, they become one. Hmm. Right. And it's actually supposed to be originally a contract between the man and the woman and God. Oh, once again, here is another perfect example where the state came in, thought that they had the authority to boot God out of the way, which they don't. What really happened is that the man and woman accepted the state to stand in the position of God. Yep. Or Yahuwah or Yah, which I prefer using. Uh, God is a generic term. There's a lot of gods out there. It doesn't matter whether you capitalize it or not. It's just a generic term. It's not a translation or a transliteration. It's an all-powerful name. Uh, it, scripture tells you that, that the name of God is the most powerful name there is. Well, if that's the case, then why did they remove his name from the scripture and replace it with a generic word? Absolutely. I guess I guess they don't want you to know that all-powerful name, do they? Mm-hmm. All right, we're over two hours here. Anybody else have a question for one of our ladies or a comment? Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? No, I, I think things are covered pretty well tonight. And, you know, the nice thing is, too, that, you know, you don't just isolate the info from this call or other calls. You can go into Tactical Sovereignty or uh, and go into the group and look up Jessica or Samantha. They're both members there. If you have a question for them later on, I want mm-hmm. to continue the conversation. Uh, I just dropped a virtual embassy, the United States of America, into the chat if anybody wants to go there and start reading on how to claim your nationality and do a resident declaration. Yep. Yeah, you know, I think it's a lot, it's pretty funny that a lot of people are like, oh, that's BS, da, da, da. It, it's like, wait a minute. What nationality did you claim? See, a lot of people are operating directly from a position of default because who has ever taken an oath or affirmation to the United States of America? Nobody has. You're right back in one of those assumed positions. Mm-hmm. So, so the statutes may say, "Oh, if you're born here, then you're a citizen." Okay. Well, that really to me makes zero sense because does that mean that my cats and my dogs are citizens of the United States too? Because they were <laughs> born here. Mm-hmm. And people are being like, "Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, though." But you're human. That's an animal. Okay, well, let's go back to the birth certificate. Let's go back to the birth certificate and see exactly what we are. Where on there does it list what kind of species you are? I know on the certificate that I have in my glove box for my car, it says that it's a Crown Victoria made by Ford. But nowhere on the birth certificate does it say what you are. It'll list male or female. Uh, male and female are medical terms. 
Or you uh, now. Apparently in BC they're issuing birth certificates that say you. <laughs> yeah, well, you. Because, uh, they're not putting a gender on them now, are they? Some lady fought, and I guess now they're having some sort of gender-neutral stuff on birth certificates now. (laughs) Yeah, you know, and I think that's hilarious, too, seeing all this gender-neutral stuff going on right now. They don't even want you to claim that you're a male or a female or a boy or a girl or whatever the case may be, man or her woman. Uh, They just want to neutralize everything and everybody and just make you what really people have fallen into is just being a neutral chattel of the state right a neutral property of the state and that's one of the uh, memes i posted um to the ad for the group event was the picture of the child and it says you know you're born and what choices do we have we're given a name we're given a religion, we're given a nationality, we're given a race, and we spend the rest of our life defending that position. Why? When did you ever choose that position? When, when, when was that claim ever made? Officially, those claims are never made. And that's why I said, you know, if you're planning on having offspring in the future, you know, make that claim, put it in the paper, let everybody know, make that claim to it first. We post it on Facebook. <laughs> well, and a lot of people by uh, putting it in the newspaper. But I don't know if you saw that post the other day in the thread that went along with it, but somebody had home birthed their grandchild at home, which was wonderful. And she was asking what to do, and someone told her to, you know, make claim in the newspaper, and she's like, no, because that makes it public. So you have so many people, you know, like me, that I haven't done much because I don't really know sometimes which avenue to take because I've seen so many people take the wrong avenue and then it takes longer, you know, to get out, figure out what to do, um, that they don't end up wanting to do anything. So, you know, even when we do give people advice like that, they're still too afraid to take it or look into it, I think. Well, there's a really strong claim uh, type of paper you can use, a type of notice you can use. It's called an international public legal notice, which gives the whole world notice because it's an mm-hmm. international paper. And that allows your, once you get it done, it only takes three days, three publications, and um, you get a certificate, an affidavit of publication. And that be, that's... Uh, once you make your claim, that's the strongest claim, the, high, the most highest claim that you can ever make against these uh, corporate entities that are claiming our children at birth because that's where it starts. I mean, and they don't even have the uh, executive or judicial or legislative powers to do that because they're not a country. They're not a government. They're a corporation. Right. International claim. Is the international claim notarized? Uh, uh, they also in the United States of America, uh, one I dropped in the chat window, um, they have a um, international notary. And there's none higher than that. Well, and where is this? Where they have an international notary? Um, we can't. Uh, if you're not a resident, 
Now the resident right. over on this side, because I've already joined up. I'm right. I've, done, I've already uh, sent for my package, which is an American national resident. I'm a resident. I'm already on the resident list, and um, I'm going to be an American national here real soon. So right. this is a national government, and all the information is in that link. It's called a virtual uh, a virtual government website. And uh, they have a bank account. They have all the forms of government like they're supposed to be. And the government is not a government until they've claimed their meets right. and bounds. Once they've claimed their meets and bounds, then they are recognized in international laws. And we have what they call the first human rights tribunal court here in America um, that has been established for the first time ever. used to be we'd have to go overseas and do a paper battle through an overseas court. But mm-hmm. not anymore. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, the problem was that the, the United States never did the actual claim that should have been done uh, when the Republic was set up. And so what um, this United States of America has done is they went in and made that claim. And it's been internationally recognized. And even the bar recognizes the United States of America. The and the are two different forms. Right. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm all in with them. Uh, you get to claim your, uh, I just did my Declaration of Rights, which incorporates also the Uni- uh, Universal Declaration of Rights, Human Rights, and that's incorporated with some extra rights. It talks about tangible, intangible, and intellectual properties, which is all we have. And once them rights are claimed, then you have rights, and when you do get pulled over or get go to court or get a ticket or a citation or some kind of ordinance violation on you, then you have um, what they call um, your evidence. Everybody's been noticed already, and I'm going to take it a step further. When I get all my papers in order, I'm going to send notices to all um, local sheriffs, state sheriff, uh, police, I'm going to send it to the registrar. I'm going to send it to the governor of the state. And um, they'll, that means they've all been noticed uh, not to engage with me, that I'm not underneath their um, statute ordinance codes, rules, and regulations. That separates me. And I also have a PMA that was recently posted for three days. That's a private membership association. It's just, and I did it through uh, under my family. Um, and you can do it under a business. Um, and you don't have to be incorporated to do it. It's unincorporated. And um, <clears throat> we um, are, that's how I free myself from things of that nature. Yeah, exactly. And, and if there's a problem or anything like that, you just take that situation over to them and they'll handle it. Yeah, they'll come back over to the, the company, the corporate inc., and say, hey, you're kind of messing with one of ours. That's against the law of nations. You need to back off. Yeah, and they actually. Everything have. I've seen so far, everything I've seen so far, that works. Yeah, they actually have human rights advocates. They don't have attorneys or lawyers. They don't have a president because uh, presidents are of corporations. And if you have an entity that governs a country, an international country, you either have a prime minister, a king, or a governor. And that's the way it is over here. We have a governor. And um, I'm liking everything I see. The T. Rose Show is uh, on YouTube, T-R-O-H. 
on YouTube, and you can start from the first video and uh, watch them all the way to the end, and it will connect a lot of the dots and things that we were having questions about when it came to claiming a nationality. Most people haven't done it. I mean, just because you're born in a country doesn't mean that's your nationality. Just because you're born in a country doesn't mean that you're a citizen of it. It's the document that made you a citizen, the birth certificate. So you become a state citizen at first, and then you do an oath of affirmation, then you become a citizen of the United States. So that's basically how it works. Okay. And that, yep, yep. Is that posted? That's all posted on tactical self-sovereignty, isn't it? Or is it not? Many times, yes. Yeah. Okay. You could, you could probably just go to the search bar and put in virtual embassy, and it will pop up. And we've got a call on Monday and Tuesday night with them. If anybody's interested, just get a hold of me. Okay. All right. I got to get going though. My little guy is screaming. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We've, we're going on our two and a half hour mark here. So um, we could probably wrap this up. Actually, getting closer to three hours. Right, Rance? Yes, my Thank little you. one's running around too. <laughs> Duty yes, calls. that three-hour mark is awesome. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I think my mom's going to kill me if we try. Yeah, well, my little one's running around my garden, literally. I've been out here weeding <laughs> for all of you, and she's running around while her dad's just after her. So, yeah, I suppose it went. Real quick before you go, Mom, I wanted to point one more thing out about the autism and why you ladies are so on point with this stuff. Do you, are you aware that the Amish communities have virtually no autism? And in fact, there are only three known cases, all of which who were vaccinated. That's right. I read that. I thought the only reason why they did have a few cases was because they were forced to vaccinate. There have been a couple of the Amish communities that have gotten into arguments with our government because they were trying to force them to vaccine. Isn't that so? You just got real garbled. Sorry. I didn't really. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, I don't. I had heard back that they had forced a few of the Amish communities to vaccinate, and that is when they started having problems. Well, they pressured them. They didn't, a few just go ahead, went ahead and buckled because they did such a good sales job on them. And then when, Kind of like know, what they were trying to do to me. When yeah, I was, so, when, so when three for three came back with a problem, you know, they, they wised up real quick. Well, yeah. Well, it's like I told my mom, like I told, you know, Jason's mom had polio, so I agreed to vaccinate her. Well, I started noticing immediate changes in her. She wasn't sleeping at night. She used to go to bed at 8 o'clock at night. She'd be up almost all night long and then didn't want to eat. And I said something to my mom. I'm like, is it just me? And this wasn't just for a couple of days. Like, there was a sore spot. You know, she never ran a fever. It was just completely, she was different. And I mentioned it to my mom. And my mom's like, yep, I noticed a huge difference. And I said, well, I'm not getting her vaccinated anymore. You know, so, you know best. God bless. Parents do know best. So... Well, you all have a wonderful night. I do have to get off the phone. And I'm sure we'll all talk right. again on another call. Yep, absolutely. Appreciate having you here. And thank you, Jessica. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah, and thank you. And we'll wrap this up. 
Thank yep. you, Doctor. I always oh. appreciate these calls. <laughs> All right. Have a wonderful night. Bye-bye. Absolutely. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Doctor. I appreciate it. And when this recording comes up, I will post it to the group, and I will tag you, Samantha, and Jessica to it as well. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Thank you, ladies. Bye. Well, anyway, is yeah. Doc still on? All right, guys. Uh, Doctor still with us? Nope. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> All right. I just oh, I, when I said that I just seen her hang up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just saw a couple of calls drop too since we were winding this down. So, anyway, uh, I hope this helps everybody realize a little more about where you're really from, where you're really at, and who you really are, because that's my mantra. And yeah. the sooner people will be able to wrap their head around those things, the sooner you'll be able to comprehend what's going on and how to fix the situations that we're in. And thank you, everybody. Great call. Awesome call, Brian. Yep, I enjoyed it. Thanks, thank man. you for having me. Of course, every call Brian has is an awesome call, so we got to find we got to uh, find a different word. Uh, it's, it's not I. It's uh, all the members together. That's what makes it great. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.